like to say thank you from uh, the Creekside congregation for allowing me to come here and, and have this wonderful experience. Uh, Rusty told me a little bit earlier, said that y'all have been trying to do your best, just like I did with Doug, but you only have so much to work for with. So, you know. Rusty, I still have a mic. I'll let you know that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rusty, to put you under the bus, but... <laughs> I do it every week. <laughs> so it's the bottom of the ninth. Sorry. I'm a little loud anyways. I probably should move it back. So it's the bottom of the ninth uh, with two outs, right? Um, the team is only just a few pitches away from winning the World Series. The manager, he calls a timeout, and he, he makes his way out to the mound um, to talk to, to his pitcher. Um, he's about to give him this speech. Uh, what what do you think he might say to him? Keep calm. Yeah. You can do this. Yeah. <laughs> Walks the same as the hit. Yeah, so he might say, breathe, stay focused, uh, remember what you've learned, remember who you are. Um, you're almost there, don't give up. And I hope you can kind of see where we're going with this. Uh, remember who you are, uh, what you've learned. Never, ever give up. And that's the key. But I want to share with you, along with Doug and uh, my grandson, Wyatt, and also, all the shepherd, my fellow shepherds at Creekside, I, I told every one of them how proud I was of being able to participate uh, in passing down Christ's legacy in this way. And they all agreed uh, how wonderful it was, even if it was with Doug. It didn't, it didn't matter. <laughs> but uh, uh, it is an important legacy, and very much like uh, Timothy and his mom, Eunice and Lois, they passed down their legacy to him. He didn't have a biological father that was involved in his life. But Doug, where was Paul in this picture? Well, Paul is now writing uh, his, his second letter to a younger Timothy. And Timothy uh, is, is about to, to take uh, hold of, of what's going on because Paul is in literally the last months of his life. Yep. Uh, in fact, in a few chapters later, he's going to say, hey, I'm... I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith. But right now, he's just trying to give this, this pep talk and this, this legacy of, of, of pass down this legacy onto a Timothy. So similar to what Wyatt said a minute ago of the pitcher on the mound, and, and you can imagine the, the manager strolling out. What do you think an, an older seasoned Timothy, uh, Paul might say to Timothy as he's writing this last letter? What do you think he might express to him? Don't, don't give up. Remember what you've learned and who you've learned it from. What else might he have said? The, the reward is worth it all. Amen. And that's, again, that goes into chapter 4. We're not going to get there today. But what I want to do now is I want us to read just a few lines uh, from his, his last letter that he wrote 
And so, White, if you'll pick up 2 Timothy, and if you want to join along, chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 3. I thank God, whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. Okay, so one thing that we notice from this is that if you want to have a legacy, your legacy must be intentional and prayerful. Now, we've come up with this idea of quality time, of we're going to spend quality time with our kids. And we even mark it out like, hey, you know, I'm going to have a few days off in July, and so I'm going to make that some quality time uh, with my kids. And that's, that's great and all, but I don't know if you've noticed this, what you consider as those formative moments in your kids' lives might not be what they look back and remember as they get older. You may have planned all of this big thing and said, hey, well, we remember when we made this big trip and we went to the Ranger game? And they're like, no, no, no. But I remember what happened that one time, you know, when we were driving down the road and you saw a homeless person there. That might be something that they actually remember. So we always want to be intentional and we want to be prayerful about how we can pass that legacy on to other people. And I think it's very knowledgeable to each and every one of us that are parents or for those that will be parents one day, you will recognize and realize that a parent will do just about anything for their child. Uh, it may entail suffering, uh, inconvenience, uh, maybe a little embarrassment from time to time. Believe a me. Uh, so It never ends. <laughs> It never ends. <laughs> and, and that's why you never give up, see. <laughs> but in that, we do want to understand that when our, when our child is suffering, we as parents take that so seriously. It is so personal to us. And the one thing that we want to do more than anything else, and Paul talks about this, is that we want to turn those tears of sorrow into tears of joy. All right, and that's exactly what Paul is going to say. So he, he continues on in verse 5. He says this, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives also in you. Now, this really is special for me. When when I, I, I figured out, let's see, why it's going to be up here, I'd love for him to you know join me in a sermon. And then I was like, hey, Dad, why don't you... Why don't you come to, and this is dangerous, folks. I mean, like I have this timer here. It means nothing. I have to keep showing these guys like, hey, watch out. This may be a really long one. So, but, but what I really uh, want you to know is that, that when you talk about passing on a legacy, while it can certainly happen from father to son to grandson, that's not the only people who are involved. Amen. We have Timothy who's going to play a huge role within the New Testament church in the first century. And you know who, who he got his knowledge and his love of the Bible from? His mother and his grandmother. And so I want to say, mothers, you have an opportunity to shine your light upon your children and pass on that legacy. And you young ladies, you have an opportunity to pass on that legacy. It doesn't just have to be, you know, the guys in the room. It certainly applies. How many of us have been uh, completely changed by a Sunday school teacher 
who, who put up with us all those years and how, how she continued to teach the word to us and how important it is for us today. And so, so women, don't think you can nod off and you're excluded from this because Lois and Eunice were mentioned for, forever because of what they did with Timothy. Oh, I do want to say this. Um, so just, just to make sure you're awake, you know, we talk about having your lights and you shine them, right? Ladies, do you hide your light under a bushel? No. What do you do? I'm going to let it shine. Oh, come on, you can do this. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Yeah, there's a bunch of crumbs. You don't want to see me. But I, so I'll, I'll stop right there with that one. Well, this example can go beyond the family. Uh, just as it did with Timothy and Paul. I'd like to share an example uh, with you that uh, has meant a lot to me. Linda and I have been involved with big brothers and big sisters for many, many years. Uh, the mentors are called bigs and the children are, are, are called our littles. And we had one particular young man uh, named Jake. And just like I've got a nickname for Doug and he is he will kill me if I tell you what that one is. But Jake, I call Jakester, uh, just because he's a, a just a little Jakester. That's who he is. But he was a lot like Timothy in that uh, his dad abandoned the family uh, in when he was just a, a baby, an infant. So he never knew his dad very much. And through the years, uh, we were able to work with him. And through some suffering and some sorrow and some growing up, uh, a little skipping school at one time and some different things. So, so we had to have some really tough love talks. This Father's Day, uh, I got a, four, four messages. Three of them were, were from my sons. And I want to tell you, it was the most heartfelt, warming thing. I wished I had my phone with you. I'd, I would tearfully read to you what Doug sent me. It was just unbelievable. Uh, so you know how much I, I loved and appreciated that. But also, Jakester sent me a message, and he just said, Don, I just want to tell you thank you. For being the dad that I never had. Happy Father's Day. And it just floored me that even though he's not my biological son, we, we're still as close as, as a son could be. And uh, I love him for that, and I appreciate that. And when your, your kids come back to say things, words of thanks to you, I know you will appreciate it too. Why don't I get the feeling that Jake got a lot fewer spankings than I did? I just <laughs> I wish I could tell you the story about them getting all three of the boys getting in trouble. I will tell the story about they all got in trouble. I went in there to give them a good swat. Well, the first swat I hit, I think, was on Kevin. They had all put books in their in their pants back there. <laughs> and I, I got I did that. I laughed so much I couldn't discipline them after that. It just yeah, that only worked one time, by the that's way. That's right. But it was a good, that, that got us out of jail free on that one. <laughs> yeah. So, so like my, my grandpa was, was talking about, I mean, it's very important um, that, that we are ministering to, to other kids um, and, and being in their lives. I, I don't know, you guys remember last week, um, we had, you know, all the kids in the church stand up 
um, and and the percent was was just one of them. You get to pick one of them um, to to continue to be a Christian. One of the things that we talked about in in one of my classes at ACU uh, is developmental psych, um, and and we talked about the plasticity of the brain during um, child early child development. Um, and you would absolutely not believe the impact that every single thing has on that child and their development. Um, I say all that to say, guys, be pouring in to these kids. Be an influence. Raise the statistic. Allow more than just one one to make it make it out of here. The yeah. kids need you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and they this is the first time. If you're a visitor or you're the first time online, you saw a group. This is the first time that we've done this. And and by the way, Brett, thank you so much for for really getting these Beautiful. kids to do it. It means so much. And these kids, it's it wasn't easy. To, to do that and some of them are like well I'm not quite ready for that yet but but it really means a lot that that they would be up here and that you're allowing them to be up here and I just want to ask you to to continue to encourage them uh, in in their uh, faith and and how they become leaders so Paul's going to do the same thing verse 6 of chapter 1 he continues um, well you, you go you go ahead this is yours um, you not on to read the scripture mm-hmm. in blue? No, you're in yellow. I know, but you haven't talked about the, the Greek word for... Uh, we, we hadn't got there, old man. We practiced this in life. No. <laughs> I promise oh, we have. Yes, we have. And I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Let me read this scripture. <laughs> for this reason... Impromptu. I remind you uh, to fan... Remember this, to fan into uh, flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And it's, it, there's two things that's important there. You and the promotion or the fanning of the flame to do this. So uh, this, this Thursday, I've started up um, Thursday Night Devos with the teens. And, and something that, that we talked about, I'm, I'm going through this book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. I definitely recommend it. Uh, but one of the things that, that James talks about in this book um, is, is about starting up habits. Um, he talks about that there's this, this two-minute um, rule where sometimes you get overly excited about, about starting new habits, sometimes like a New Year's resolution um, type thing. So, so the way that you do this uh, is just take two minutes out of your day um, in order to start this habit. Um, and so, I challenge the teens, and I guess now you guys, to for two minutes um, for for I think I said seventy days. About seventy days. About seventy days, which is what it kind of takes to create a habit. Um, uh, pick up pick up your Bible, say a prayer, sing a song, just just for two minutes out of your day, and. And how impactful just this two minutes can be. The, the small choices um, um, that, that can, you know, push you to, towards your goal or, or take you away sometimes. Yeah. So. And so he, he goes on in verse 7. Yeah. What does he say? Uh, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. This is one of my favorite verses. That, you know, if, if there's verses that you like to, to memorize, commit to memory, 2 Timothy 1.7 is a great one. But God did not give us a power, a, a spirit of timidity, but a power of, uh, of love, I'm sorry, of power, love, and self-discipline. And, and I want to nerd out for just a second. You've probably heard me share this. But there's a word in here that, that really is something special, especially when you go back to the Greek. The Greek word that they use for power is, is dunamos. 
And that may not mean a whole lot to you, but, but years and years ago, somebody created this formula in which they set something on fire and it exploded. And they said, that's awesome. I'm going to call that dynamite. And so the Greek word that, uh, of dunamos is where we get this word dynamite, this, this power. So, so we're not talking about a little bitty firecracker. Now, there's a great story. If we had time to share, I'd love to share it. But it involves my dad as a young kid. Uh, he was on vacation and, and he had gone, he was throwing firecrackers in this little, this old abandoned uh, a gas station it had a hole where they would pump gas into. And he would light them and throw them in there. I said I wasn't going to tell him, but I'm still telling this story. I love it. And so he did that all week. Well, finally, his dad comes to pick him up and he, he shows his dad. He lights that firecracker and throws it in there. And his, his dad, my granddad, dives on top of my dad and like lays on it. And then you hear this pop. <laughs> Uh, but but you talk about that that dynamite is what the spirit that God has placed in inside of every single one of us. In my defense, it was a kerosene underground tank that had been open for years and years. Not that it couldn't have blown half a Bridgeport up, but it that that's my only defense in that. <laughs> one of the things that this verse that I read uh, talked about, and it was such a powerful thing to me. Uh, that occurred between my dad and I. And I can even tell you the date uh, that this happened. It was August the 21st of 1960. August 21st happens to be my birthday and I was 12 years old. In that day, that the culture was that when you turned 12, you were entering adulthood. That was just something that was kind of accepted. Maybe it comes from the story of Jesus getting lost on the, the trip to Jerusalem and uh, Mary and Joseph found him in the temple talking to the people and he was 12 years old. I don't know if that's it, but, but that was seemed to be the culture at that time. And my dad sat me down and, and with this verse in mind that I read, he said, Don, the choices that you make in life determines your character and when God looks at those choices he's going to say do I like that or do I not and by that you're telling God whether you love him or you don't love him do you want to to take Jesus as, as your savior and the very next Sunday at Worth Heights Church of Christ I was baptized and accepted Jesus. So that was so powerful, and that was his legacy, his light, that came down from other generations, but it was passed on to me. And, and I, that's such a great point to make, and we talked about this earlier, is that, that the choices that you make help form your character, and your character then is what becomes your legacy. And so even those little things that you do, your willingness to come up and encourage these kids, that's a decision you make. That affects your character. It helps determine their character. And that's a legacy that gets passed on. And so even those little things really do matter. Those decisions that you make. When we talked about uh, on Thursday with the, the kids in the group, uh, I was, I was kind of snooping around on the internet. Of course, I used the Google. Um, I love calling it the Google. Um, and it says that you make about 35,000 decisions every single day. 
And you think about when you make one decision, it then closes off some other decisions and it can lead you. So it only takes a few of those small decisions that completely change everything, your trajectory, not only of your day, but your week, your month, and, and for sometimes even your life. There have been people who made one little decision and it drastically changed everything. Um, not always for the better. Jennifer said, I do, and she's been stuck with me for 25 years. We talked about that this morning, didn't we, Jennifer? <laughs> they talk about it every morning. She kept saying, why did I do um, No, no, no. So I grew up, I mean, not just like, not like figuratively in the church, the people, but I literally grew up yeah. in, in the church building, Mayfield Road Church of Christ in Arlington, Texas. We spent a lot of time in there. But even, even when we did some things that were less spiritual, and one of those is, is that um, when I was a kid, me and my two older brothers, we, we had a goat cart. It was a two-seater. It was like, it was made out of metal. It wasn't wood, but it didn't have the roll cage or anything like that. And my dad, we didn't have a truck, uh, but my dad had a Honda hatchback. And so when we would coerce them into taking us to, to uh, ride the goat cart, we would take the motor off of the edger and put it on this goat cart. Then he would open up the hatchback of his Honda. True story. He would shove the, the, the goat cart into the back of it, and the back wheels and motor were hanging out of the back of this Honda. Safely it's, on the ledge. It's only, it's only like a four, maybe a five-seater. So he would drive... One of us would sit in the um, passenger seat, but the, the back seat was folded down because the go-kart was in it. So the other two would sit in the go-kart that was hanging out of the back of the hatchback. They were pretending to drive. And we would drive up to the church building, which he says, it's only about a mile, but still, you can imagine this. I mean, we're like, there was no helmets or anything like that. So we would pull that out, and we would go around the church building and take turns. Well, I was still young. It was my turn. And I was supposed to be going around the church building, but at one point, I, I don't know what happened. I just decided, hey... What would happen, happen if I turned too sharp, I slid, and all of a sudden I went towards the church building. And I did. And there were a set in the, the back foyer, there was a set of glass doors that looks almost identical to what we have there. Just all these, all the, just glass, all you could see. Nothing but glass. And I was, I mean, I was humming. I had that thing going, and we hit the curb. And I remember we hit the curb, and that front bounced up so high, I could see the sky. And then it landed and slammed down, and we are headed right towards those glass doors. And somehow, I don't know, he turned into Mr. Stretch, but his left foot went past the accelerator, over my leg, under the steering wheel and caught the brake, which the brake, by the way, was a metal piece that looked just like this and it would rub against the tire. Not and somehow God and his, his amazing grace got that thing to stop. It literally, we were, we were just inches away from going through that, that glass of that, that church. And I don't remember if I said, you know what, I think I'm done driving or if he looked at me and said, I think you're done driving. You've heard the expression, my life uh, flashed before my eyes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and he still wasn't that old, but it took several minutes for that to flashing to occur. Nowadays, we'd be here for a week as it just kind of slowly reeled through. But See what I have to put up with? You know, what I remember from that moment, and it played out all throughout my life, 
is that I had a dad who was there for me through, through some really tough times. And sometimes I'm, I made a wrong turn and, and headed towards the church building. There are times I made a wrong turn and I turned away from Christ. And I had a dad who continually loved me, um, who was there for me. And he, he, he allowed me to go through some, some difficult times because I needed to learn. And sometimes when that difficulty wasn't, didn't happen organically, he reproduced it in the form of a belt. <laughs> But, but he was there to say, I love you, I'm here for you, and that's something that I will never forget. And, and that's something that reminds me about the love of God, is that I serve a God who is always there with me, even when my go-kart is out of control and my life is going crazy. So, I mean, as uh, ever since I was... I was... love you. I love you, Dad. Um, so ever ever since I was little, I always loved to spend um, time in the shop with my dad. I even have there's a picture somewhere um, with office. me sitting on this wooden stool with my pacifier and these big uh, red earmuffs that probably were quite fitting for my big baby head. <laughs> I mean that thing was was pretty huge. Um, but uh, I I always loved just to to sit out there. I don't know that I could do much or. Um, he even bought me a little drill set at one time that I'd drill holes into his table and everything. But anyways, my one of my favorite memories of, of spending out in the shop is um, I was in Boy Scouts for a little bit in Sweetwater. Um, and one of the things that, that you did during Boy Scouts is you would you would build this uh, this race car. Um, and, and I'm not really too sure what the point of it was other than you get to build this car and you put it on top of this, this ramp and it goes down and if you know, you're the one to win, you get to continue on to the race. So I remember building this, this car, we ended up building the truck with my dad. It was a yeah, green truck with, with gold stripes down the middle. We put some weights in it. I, I mean, I thought it was... The was, weights were completely legal, by the way. We did not, we were allowed <laughs> all to do regulation, it. Just, it was right. regulated. Um, so, but uh, we, we built this really cool car, but, but the thing that's, that's most important that I remember um, is at the time, uh, one of my best friends uh, was also there uh, with us, and, and my dad helped him build a car, um, and, and he got to race a car because, because my dad helped him. Um, and you know, I just, I, it's so powerful that the, my dad um, was able to step in um, for that kid who um, didn't quite have the, the father figure um, in his life, um, and the influence that, that I was able to see from that. And, and at the time as a kid, I probably didn't think much of it other than, oh, me and my friend are getting to build a car with my dad. But, but thinking about it now, it, it's so special to me that my dad would always um, just have that loving heart of, of taking someone in. Um, and, and as I've grown up, he's, he's been able to show influence for me of the love through um, the relationship that he has with my mom, um, the relationship that he has with, with you guys here, the way that he treats the server um, at, at, at a restaurant. Um, and so, you know, I um, am able to, to find influence um, from, from the love that he gives um, and the love that, that God gives us as well. You know, there's a, a verse in uh, 3 John uh, chapter 4, it says, um, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And I'm, I'm sure that is something that you've thought of. It's something that I think of all the time. 
I, I got really confused. For some reason, I assumed that when kids turned 18 um, and they went out of the ho- house, they graduated high school, like, oh, like, you know, fly away, bird. Like, you're done. Like, that's great. And then, like, oh, we only have two left. Like, but that is not the way it happened at all. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about my son and that I don't, I don't pray for him. And I want to include you guys, especially the ones that, that, that are up here and, and Brandon and some of you others. Like, um, I, you guys just, I, I, I love all of you and I have no greater joy than to know that y'all are walking in the truth. And, and so for, for Lily and Gracie and, and, and Caleb, who just had a birthday, we're just, we love you guys so much and we want you to continue on uh, in doing that. Can I share a, another a little short story? You asked them, I know not Linda, me. I can't it's, tell a short story. We're on borrowed time now. We're on so. borrowed time. Several years ago, uh, we came to, out here to Hobbs to visit, and the grandkids wanted to take a little bit of an, an excursion, so uh, we did. We went to Carlsbad Cavern. And as I look at these lights right here, these four little, four candle watts is all we have right here. But it makes me think of that time that we went through the uh, the caverns and the officer told us about the stalactites and mites and all that and how the beauty of the colors was amazing but you know they had the lights positioned perfectly to where you could see them very very well at one point we got into this big room a cavern and in the distance you could see all these beautiful color, colors and and uh the this was a, a lady guide said uh, i want to get a couple of the young people uh, to come up and do this so she obviously said i want the most handsome and beautiful girl and pick wyatt and my granddaughter livy uh, his cousin so they went up there and and she warned us she gave us plenty of information of how to to recognize what was about to happen but she said uh, be ready uh, when i tell these young people we're going to turn the lights off in the cavern and she made everybody sit down because of previous experiences people that were standing up would fall even so she said okay white living turn the lights off it was unbelievable the gasp you heard from the other people the cries from the little kids and that sort of thing it was the most overwhelming sensation of nothingness that you can ever imagine. And the scripture came to me, believe in me or be cast out into outer darkness. This was a breathtaking experience I I could not imagine. Uh, And I see these little candle lights and I knew that unless the the electricity came back on, we were only going to be rescued by an outside source. And spiritually, that's God that will be rescuing us. But if we take a candle for every one of you here and it's lit, which I know that it is, we would even need these lights in here. Uh, That's how much one candle multiplied by the number of people that we have here uh, can make a difference. And uh, I hope that means something to you. It meant so much to me, uh, both spiritually and relationally with, with my grandkids. Well, we are about to offer an invitation, and, and as we always do, there's an invitation for you to, to choose to have your, your fire lit and, and to be baptized, and, and that is something we would certainly celebrate and, uh, and support and, and cheer you on in that. 
Um, but we're about to sing a song in just a second. And if, if Brett, if all the kids, if y'all can kind of start ma- making your way up here, we'll get ready for this song. But the song is Light the Fire. We had planned this out. We knew what we were doing. And then uh, I called Brett and I said, hey, we kind of have an idea of, of, you know, what we'd like you guys to sing. I said, what song did you pick for the song after the lesson? He says, Light the Fire. And I said, we're not changing anything. <laughs> it's a God thing. This is, this is a God thing. And so for each one of you, we just want to encourage you. Maybe you yeah. feel like the lights have been turned off in your life. And I, I want to encourage you to look. There are people all around here that are holding up their candle. And, and for those of you um, who maybe um, you have your candle lit, this is not just for you. I want to encourage you to shine it for the people around you, for your neighbors, for the people you work with. Let the light of Jesus shine so that God might be glorified. So I want to ask all of you if you'll join me as we stand and sing, light the fire. <laughs> 